gum stuck yeah, she in gets there. Gum in her hair. Yeah. We have very sensitive fire alarms. Oh, I understand. Cook and bake is the way it goes. If you even use the wrong tone of voice, they get pissed off at you. Would you say you can't use an inflammatory tone? (laughs) Oh! Because of fires. This one that you give him for a particular kind of joke. Are you proud of yourself? I respect that, but I don't like it. few constants in this great Glavin world, and sometimes it seems all you can really count on is death, taxes, and another season of The Simpsons. Running for over 26 years now, everyone's favorite four-fingered yellow nuclear-powered family has amassed an army of followers and has burrowed its way into our collective cultural consciousnesses. Basically, everyone who's ever owned a TV has encountered The Simpsons in some form, and you can probably call up some classic lines, do an impression of a favorite character, or even dig a don't-have-a-cow-man t-shirt out of some dusty box somewhere. My name is David Sharp, and this is Midnight Breakfast, the show where funny friends gather to tell true stories over the warmth of a home-cooked meal. This week, our guests are new friends, Sean Armistead. The 90s had way too many lone wolves that played by their own rules. <laughs> <laughs> and returning midnight buddy, Laura Crawford. But, like, it opens up with Grandpa being like, Grandpa's the name. And then he's, like, telling us, <laughs> like, hey, everyone, an old man is talking. <laughs> and then Laura, by the way, helps run a monthly Simpsons-themed trivia show at the Nerd Melt showroom called Stonecutters. And if you don't get that reference, you probably won't do that well at the trivia. But their next event will be in January, so go to their Facebook page for details. Also, if live comedy is a thing that you enjoy, you can come to Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank, California on Thursday the 10th of December and watch me and a bunch of other great comics on Denise Vasquez's Women for Applause show. All episodes of Midnight Breakfast are recorded in the breakfast nook here in not-so-bad Van Nuys, California, while Shayna Brennan, our gracious culinary engineer and contributing wit, prepares a delicious pile of food for us and our guests. You will also hear the voice and laughter of our audio engineer and Midnight Breakfast team member Dave Brennan, or Midnight Breakfast roommate Becky Kluger, as well as the occasional mouch from Thomas the Cat, clatter of silverware, or hiss of bacon. We hope that you don't find this room noise too distracting. We just like to keep the breakfast nook a little warmer than your average podcast studio. Our guests are also treated to a delightful dessert provided by our sponsor, Kettle Glaze Donuts in Hollywood, California, and online at kettleglazed.com. Kettle Glazed, great donuts. Additionally, if you would like to be a sponsor of our show, you can go to our Patreon page. I put a link up on our Facebook and Twitter pages, and we'd really, really love it if you gave us some money. Okay, everyone. It is time to gather your family on the couch, turn on your podcasting device, and tune in to this week's Midnight Breakfast. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go to the Midnight Breakfast. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go to the Midnight Breakfast. Eggs and bacon, waffles too. No topic there is ever. Coffee's black, the jokes are blue. The Midnight Breakfast. When did you guys first start watching? Uh, I'm old. I started watching it in the original airings. So first season, you were watching it on TV. I remember watching it with my family, but I don't think we picked up right away. I no, remember none, nobody very... in my family did anything with me. I was watching this in my room. 
Are you mad at me that I did watch The Simpsons with my family? Were you all Does huddled around each other matching Yeah, sweaters? but they probably didn't get it. Uh. <laughs> I think I started watching probably 1992. That's underachiever. 92, you'd be six years old then, right? Yeah. Wow. My, my, my dad liked so to watch like, Fox. So was your dad married secretly wished that he was Al Bundy? Oh, no, no, no. He, just, he loved In Living Color. Sure. That was our jam. We loved In Living Color. Because more what than white Irish guy from Massachusetts didn't love In Living Color? <laughs> I know. He, I swear to God, my dad and I was growing up. He would never stop here. Homie, don't play that. <laughs> my father loved In Living Color. He like, thinks of himself as the Lost Wayans. Yeah. I wanted to be a fly girl when I grew up. I had been <laughs> <laughs> that's funny to me and that's, you know, now, so that's not far from what I am yeah <laughs> in fact I just call him Kanan Ivory Wayne his name's Wayne his name's Wayne that's my dad he's Wayne sure. Waynes he's a Waynes <laughs> <laughs> Waxing and Waynes <laughs> How much you cracked yourself up with? Waxing and Wayans. Uh, uh, he's like this all the time. We should open a candle company called Waxing and Wayans. No, no one should do that. I like how you're on like the fourth level of your own joke, just following uh, deeper and deeper down it. the hole. Let me take that up for you, me. <laughs> Yeah, but kids I went to school with were not allowed to watch The Simpsons. I was one of the very few people I ever knew who was allowed to watch it because Why? Bart was sassy. Because he sassed Bart back? Bart had a sassy mouth. Had a sass mm-hmm. mouth. And All of was... my friends' parents were absent alcoholics. and Lucky. <laughs> Every kid I knew watched The Simpsons. My family was okay with Bart's sassiness because Homer beat him back. So. Yeah, oh, he yeah, choked the shit out of him. <laughs> How was that okay? We loved that. Put his hands around his neck. Well, but compared to the average Warner Brothers cartoon, it's like a one with hundredth of the violence. Yeah. The 90s was just really a time when people wanted to be like, I'm a badass and I got an attitude and I'm in your face. Attitude. And that was like, we cared attitude, about attitude, extremeness, back Extremeness spelled with an in X your in the face. Family. In your face, out of control, anti-authority. <laughs> that was everything in pop culture. So I think The Simpsons was a big part of that. There's- the 90s had way too many lone wolves that played by their own rules. <laughs> <laughs> it was, a lot it was of lousy I say them. not enough. Yeah. I say we need more lone wolves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lots of, of stencil-based fonts. Exactly. So but that's the show. That it's like, yeah, we're we're part of the revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, blue, blue raspberry, kiwi. So Where are these things coming from? Kiwi, what a made up flavor. That's not even real, right? Come on, guys. But look at Bart. He's got spiky hair. He rides mm-hmm. a skateboard. He's out what? of control. Does he, he have spiky hair or does he just have a mutated skull? Did they not spiky have an hair. episode about that? Yeah, yeah they, they cut, cut his hair. What are we? Oh, yeah. Marge is like, like they were going to go get their hair cut at a real place. She's like, bring the stencils. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be disturbing? <laughs> <laughs> Who is the you character on The Simpsons? Mm. The character, they are you laughing because it's obvious? For you? <laughs> oh, it's so obvious. You're you're Lisa. I'm Lisa. Okay, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, I almost hesitated to ask I'm that question Lisa, because 100%. you're such a Lisa. Yeah. I played the saxophone as a kid. I was a vegetarian for several years. Nope. Wow. Yeah. Way too Lisa like. I met Matt Groening at Nermel. He was drawing me a Bart, and then I was like, "Would you mind, Lisa?" 
Yeah, I was a saxophone playing vegetarian child, and it was like, no way. But Sean, what are you? What are you? Sean, who's the you character? On you're really. Wouldn't have thought about it. Just No, this is so just weird. <laughs> it will make so much sense as soon as I say it. Frank Grimes. You're I knew. Oh, no. you are Frank Grimes. Grimey. The universe is always kicking you in the teeth. <laughs> exactly, and other people are getting ahead, and I'm just like, I try as hard as I can, and I get nothing. Grimes. What other waves are you, Frank Grimes? Like, can you think of a situation? I constantly have coworkers almost killing me. How? <laughs> I've had people, like, leave gas on in kitchens or <laughs> drop hot things at me. Throwing is when you drop something at something. Drop it in my direction. Have you it's ever insane. had wait, to wait. deliver toys to more fortunate children? Uh, no. <laughs> wait, that's not true. I did. <laughs> when I was in high school, they had a Christmas thing where they were giving to some disadvantaged family, and they were like, this is a list of what the family wants. And they wanted uh, Little Mermaid on VHS. And I saw that list and I went, we don't even have a VCR! <laughs> How poor is this family? I, I, didn't, I had never thought about it until now, but yes. Less Definitely Frank Grimes. <laughs> I'm Millhouse. You're Millhouse? Really? Yeah. I was, I was always Millhouse. My older brother was Bart. Were was, you the big sister? I was a puss. Well, that's the Millhouse. Millhouse is saying that Lisa's like, oh, you're just like a big sister. He's like, why do people keep saying that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm a Bart, exactly. I don't think I'm a Millhouse. Are you a Principal or... Skinner? Did you, Well, you did live with your brother for a little I do. I do I have a more secret of a life. Um, I think you're a more together Otto. Otto was the one that well, I was. What about no, actually, David's so Mr. Showbiz. <laughs> yeah, Mr. <laughs> Showbiz, exactly. I don't know, maybe Krusty. How about we all have our moments yeah, of Krusty. Krusty. Once you started getting more into comedy, did you not watch Krusty? Did you not have a newfound appreciation <laughs> sure. for Krusty? Is there any Simpsons characters you don't like? A poo. I don't really care for a mm. poo. I've never... Some or of the or... early episodes, he gets a couple funny lines in, but the joke is always, things are really expensive in the quickie mark. And I'm like... I think it feels like they created an incredibly racist stereotype, mm-hmm. and then... Backpedaled for yeah. the rest of the series. Oh, oh, let's let's try to humanize him. Uh, my least favorite episodes are always Patty and Selma heavy episodes. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. I, I get that. I did not. I did not ever like. And I don't think it's not. Oh wait, them that's as a who character. I am. I'm Patty and Selma. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got your cats, which is basically like your jub jub. All right. <laughs> we got some food here: eggs oh. and bacon. Toasted. Bacon was good. Yeah. Grab so, some, pass it around. Is this uh, uncured kind that we've been getting? Uh, There's both. Addicted to uh, grab, like grab with hands. Nice. Well, the, I had someone recently at a show be like, "Oh, it's funny how you have like your like Patty and Selma mind. voice," and I'm like, "No, yeah. I don't sound like that, do I?" You're like, not on purpose. <laughs> 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 oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way I talk now. Oh. Whoops, <laughs> I sound like an old hag. <laughs> She said as she giggled. I'm an old hag. I'm an old hag. <laughs> After you've done 27 seasons of a show, you tackle pretty much every concept that we've got as a culture in terms of sitcom stereotypes. You've exhausted the format. Yeah. Yeah, plus John Schwarzwelder's not writing for you anymore, so you're kind of shit out of luck. Is he the best Simpsons writer? The best Simpsins writer ever! <laughs> Total, I would say, 
for a couple of seasons, Conan O'Brien was on par. Yeah. But he just left to do his own show. Yeah, he just left. Can you tell? Oh, that's a Conan O'Brien joke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a few. Yeah. Shortwell is the most, he wrote for like 18 seasons, mm-hmm. like starting with season one. He's a famous recluse. He's he written like 95 episodes. lives like six hours outside of San Francisco in the middle of the woods and the mountains and like, is like bought. Oh yeah, when they put the smoking ban into effect in California, they tell mm-hmm. the story on the commentary. He bought the booth that he used to smoke in while he was writing episodes and put it in his own kitchen at home <laughs> so he could continue to smoke there and write Simpson scripts. And that's all he does. Yeah, but it's just jokes after bit after bit mm. after bit of like cartoonishly things happening yeah, to a classic character. classic Simpsons joke. I actually remember a line from one of the short spoiler books. He's like, uh, I'd have to say that night I slept like a baby. Waking up every couple of hours crying and covered in my own shit. <laughs> yeah, so it's like classic shtick, almost to the point of Zucker Brothers like. Right. So if you see jokes that are about like it's so hobos. <laughs> yeah, anything, anything that... from the 19th century. Hobos, he loves. Uh, that kind of shit. It's old, all old cartoon gags, but then anything... explain. So he wrote all of Grandpa Simpson then? Yes. Also. Famously uh, skeptical of environmentalism. (laughs) (laughs) Hates the government. Hates hippies. Hates hippies. Hates the government. Not for (laughs) environmentalism. So anything that you see that's making fun of hippies is sort (laughs) of But I mean, he's like, yeah, incredible joke writer. A lot of good shit there. For contrast, Conan. Any references to giant sandwiches? Arby's. Any joke Arby, about Arby's? Any joke about Arby's? And there are repeated jokes about Arby's. Conan just had a bone to pick with Arby's. When he was like three seasons into his talk show, because he still made Arby's jokes on his show, too, in addition to burying him in the Simpsons, so much so that Arby's gave him a card for free Arby's for life and presented it to him on the air. If you stop making jokes about us. No, so that was not a condition. It was just for making, raising brand awareness. Yeah. <laughs> We couldn't have paid for this amount of advertising. Yeah. But the advertising is, I'm so hungry, I could eat an Arby's. <laughs> People think it's a, a liberal show. I think it's more libertarian, not as libertarian as South Park, but in a way it's, there's no model of authority that really works in Springfield. Hmm. Like, the police don't work, clearly. Politics How doesn't work. How quickly does Springfield descend into anarchy? Yeah, all Wait, the time. Drop of a hat. Drop of a hat, yeah. Everyone's always rioting. Everyone's, Everyone's always Everyone's got a closet a with riot. a few picket signs and a few torches <laughs> yeah. that can ignite pretty easily. Yeah. This torch We're here. Wet. We're queer. We don't want any more bears. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here we go, guys. Whoa. My favorite time for podcasts. The donut time. Donut time. Donut time. Sponsor Kettle Blaze Donuts in Hollywood. Mm. Oh wow, what do we got here? This is we got the most deep <laughs> thought. I was thinking of going to. Mm. Mm, what, uh, what is this here? These are donuts. We'll get the ability to write mm, donuts. That's a fluffernutter. <laughs> so that's like a peanut, peanut butter, marshmallow. Hey, you want fluff. me to slice some in half? They do uh, have an apple fritter, I think, actually. I'll have a chunk of that. I was told you're an apple fritter lady. <laughs> I was an apple fritter boy. Growing up in an apple fritter world. That's the croissant donut, those ones. Oh, are yeah. Well beloved. Yes. Yeah. I'll have that uh, sprinkles, Two chocolate more. sprinkles over there. Very Homer looking yeah. chocolate sprinkles. Mm-hmm. Mm. Purple's a fruit. <laughs> Lisa's like, Do you have any fruit? Like when she was at his work, he was like, Purple's a fruit. <laughs> like, points to a donut. <laughs> <laughs> Differences though. The Simpsons is like it puts you, it actively puts you in a good mood. Mm. You know, it's one of those shows, it's kind of comforting. You know, you're in a bad mood, you watch it. If you're in a good mood, you watch it. 
It's like alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good, and you can never get enough. And it's on channel. <laughs> it's on channel eighteen three times a day. Yeah, it's one of the few shows that I can probably watch and still actively laugh at the jokes, even though I know exactly where they're going to be. They're still funny. And that's it's so stupid because a joke is supposed to be a trick of the mind. And how can mm-hmm. you keep being tricked by the same trick over and over again? It seems stupid, right? Like I'm a moron. <laughs> it does seem like that. <laughs> I, think, I think that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm some kind what of drooling idiot. <laughs> my chromosomes are too much a number. Cut this out out of context and send it to my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so that you, when you need it, you can play. No, her. it's going to be my his ringtone for when I call him. <laughs> so I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm a moron. I'm drooling all over I'll myself. Like, <laughs> have favorite episodes, like ones that are more significant to you than others. Yeah, well, it changes from time to time. But I'd say the most consistent, Marge versus the Monorail, for me, it just has the most sheer amount of my favorite jokes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Although on its head, it's a weird, not a great, exciting plot. Uh, the lemon tree, uh, lemon of oh, Troy. That's a, that's a oh, is lemon that the of one Troy. where the people from Shelbyville steal, steal their the lemon, lemon tree? tree. Yeah. And it's a weird episode because there's no celebrity cameos, there's no montages. It's just a simple story. It's a fairly simple story, but it's some of the most unnatural dialogue you'll ever hear in a sitcom. <laughs> and mm. everyone in it is speaking super unnaturally, yet everyone treats it as <laughs> yeah, normal. Yeah. Like there's it one is, of point, course, a Schwarzwalder episode. It's a Schwarzwalder episode. <laughs> but like it opens up with Grandpa being like, Grandpa's the name. And then he's like telling <laughs> us, like, hey, everyone, an old man is talking. And then they all run over and listen oh, yeah. to him. And then <laughs> my favorite bit of unnatural dialogue, it has... He's like, uh, this kid's from Shelbyville uh, took the lemons. And he's like... Yeah, no, they said, oh, it's a candy oh, yeah, wrapper from a Shelbyville kid. And they're like, oh, they're they, always eating their candy. They, they love the sweet taste. <laughs> Why are you saying that sarcastically? Yeah. <laughs> but Marsh vs. Monroe has my all-time favorite piece of dialogue, which is... Homer, I've got someone here that can help. Is it Batman? No, it's a scientist. Batman's a scientist. <laughs> George Takei was originally supposed to be in the Marge versus the Monorail episode. Conan just always loved George Takei's voice. Sure, you know, course. But he was a council member for like the city of L.A. Right. And he worked with the Transportation Bureau. Trying to, to bring build in a monorail. And he said that he didn't want to knock monorails. And he was afraid that the episode would make fun of and discourage hey, monorail technology. Don't knock monorails. But the best Part of that is he said no, so then they said, why don't we just try Nimoy? And then they got Nimoy. They got Nimoy! (laughs) Because Takei turned them down. Why did you go to Takei first? There's a hierarchy for Star Trek cameos. They lay it out right George before you. Like, oh, oh, out. It's, there's a literal chain of command. <laughs> He came to the Simpsons trivia show that we do. Really? Uh, Stonecutters. Yeah, he came to it. I mean, he lives in Southern California. He likes comic book stores. He doesn't mind meeting fans. You know, he's very cordial. So so you were hosting a Simpsons trivia show. Yeah. And Matt Groening showed up. Yeah. We've had had other people from the show come to it. And they like it. I mean, to them it's funny that people would spend so much time thinking about stuff that they made. (laughs) Right. That seems weird. Well, you know, people have held sermons and had God show up. <laughs> Not really that different. Yeah. I met that cranny. Yeah, when? Yeah, I went to a table read. The first episode of nice. the 26th season. 
How was it? Well, I was invited by a friend of a producer on the show. Mm-hmm. And the producers get a certain number of people that they can invite into a table read. And so is that get... because they like having a room where you'll get laughter and stuff? Yeah. You know, this is the first time the writers ever hear their words spoken out loud and by so the you, actors. So you like to have a few normals in the room to hear how it's received right. or something. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is this will be great. I, I'm a balloon artist. I'll make a balloon and I'll bring it. And she's like, oh, that'll be great. I'll tell my friend that you're doing that. And then about two hours later, I get a text from her. She's like, oh, Mike's a little worried about it. Um, this balloon thing is kind of freaking him out a little bit. He doesn't want it to become like a promotional thing. It's like, oh, so okay. put it in a bag and like be super chill and low key about it. So Which like, makes you wonder, like, there has to have been a person that went and really blew the table read. Like, right. <laughs> passing on. I mean, after this yeah. much time. Yeah. Right. This many episodes? There's got to be some that went bad. There have been. Oh, yeah. So we get there, and it's just like any other staff meeting. There's, like, breakfast set up, and there's a... Not everybody's there, because some people are in by phone. Harry Shearer and Hank Azaria were in by phone. Oh, okay. Yardley Smith was there. Uh, Dan Castellaneta like was there. Like, she's got something else going on. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. And Mike comes up to me. He's like, hey, wait right here. And he walks around, and I see this guy walk in. This kind of big guy with a beard. And my friend Lisa says, uh... That's Matt Groening. And I see our friend Mike walk up to Matt, and he's kind of whispering into his ear. And then he comes back, and he says, uh, Matt wants to see the balloon. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, it's like, right. good merch opportunity. That's cool. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It must be insane being this wealthy and powerful, because what's funny is that Matt Groening has no idea that any of these machinations are taking place. His part of the story is like, some guy came up to him and said, hey, do you want to see a balloon? Yeah. And he's yeah. like... Yeah, sure. The moral of the story is rich or poor, successful or not, everybody loves balloons. Yes. yes. Pretty much. That's <laughs> right. What was his reaction to the balloons? So he came over and he looked at the balloons and he was like, oh, wow, these are really cool. And he took them out of the bag. He's like, oh, these are great. He's like, leave them in the bag for right now. I was like, okay. He goes back and he says, ladies and gentlemen... You know, he starts the meeting. He's like, welcome to the first episode of season 26 of The Simpsons. Round of applause. Yay! Thank you very much. How did we do it again? (laughs) (laughs) Who saw this coming? Special thanks to so-and-so. He points out a couple of producers that are in the room. It's like, and I would also like to mention uh, that we brought in our own uh, balloon artist today, David from Nifty Balloons, who brought in our own custom-made Simpsons balloons, and he had me stand up and show the balloons. But he's presenting it like this was a thing that he and presenting yeah, it like, like it's a thing he bought. There's got to be at least one guy That's working cool. in the office going, man, people are really going apeshit about these balloons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, boy, they didn't like my matchstick Simpsons I brought in the other day. On an Iggy Azalea last week, nobody came. When I brought my Bart sculpted out of mashed potatoes. Nobody gave me a round of applause. <laughs> we have actually two Simpsons balloon stories because we also were hired to work Kelsey Grammer's oh, uh, yeah. daughter's third birthday, and so we made him a sideshow Bob balloon. Oh, yeah, he, he, he's super nice. He's yeah. really nice for a Republican. <laughs> Smug intellectual therapist. <laughs> what are your favorite lines? Who shot who in the what now? (laughs) That is one thing I say all the time. Whenever I mishear anyone, it's always, who shot who in the what now? (laughs) I remember I got in trouble with a girlfriend in college. Whenever something, something would come up where it's like, well, that works in theory. I would say, well, communism works in theory. <laughs> in theory. <laughs> and 
she got mad at me because I said it too many times. Oh, oh yeah, no, I remember what it said. Uh, Millhouse Devart. The uh, is this like the time I had that goldfish and then you let the fish die and then you convinced me that I never had the fish? But why did I have the bowl, Bart? Why did I have the bowl? It's some bacon waffles too. No topic there is taboo. Coffee's black, but jokes are blue. But the midnight breakfast. Well, ladies and gentlemen. That puts the bow in the spiky hair of another week. And if you've learned anything, it's that life is just one crushing defeat after another until you just wish Flanders was dead. But in between, you've always got The Simpsons. Thanks again to our guest this week, Laura Crawford. I'm a moron! I'm drooling all over I'll myself! Like, and Sean Armistead. We don't even have a VCR! <laughs> Thanks to Gary Best for the Midnight Breakfast theme and Mike Garvin for additional music. Midnight Breakfast team is myself, David Sharp, audio engineer and editor Dave Brennan, and culinary engineer and editor Shana Clobbergirl Brennan. To hear more from these folks, check out their Twitter pages. Laura is at Crawford Comic, Sean is at Sean Armistead, and he is in S-H-A-W-N, Sean. I am at David N. Sharp, and the show is at 12 a.m. Breakfast. If you like us, tell the folks at iTunes by rating and reviewing us, or you can just tell us directly. Thanks to everyone that said nice stuff so far. Your kind words embiggen our crusty old hearts. So, we always record more audio than we need, and then we trim it back to just our favorite stuff so that we can fit into our time limit. So just for fun, here at the end, we like to share a few of the titles that didn't make the cut, such as Sexy Sassophone, Gender Bending the Rules, That's Not a Conspiracy Theory, That's Just the Nature of Commerce, and Untitled Kevin James Project. Thanks again to our sponsor, Kettle Glazed Donuts, online at kettleglazed.com. Kettle Glazed Cromulent Donuts. If you also feel like being cromulent, go to our Patreon page. The link is up on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Finally, as they say in Season 2, Episode 22, Blood Feud, a good deed is its own reward. Or is it that no good deed goes unrewarded? The squeaky wheel gets the grease? Or maybe... There is no moral, and it's just a bunch of stuff that happened. Midnight Breakfast is a production on the Crab Diving Network. It's midnight, everybody. It's a brand new day. It's always good, and you can never get enough. <laughs>